There was very little Arya in this episode. Very little, but enough that I was excited about where it's going to go. She's basically starting. She's like the new Daredevil. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, podcast where we chew over the geeky things we love, comics, movies, television, and other things. Like I'm podcasts. Amen. Another podcast. I'm Amen. Oh, I'm Charlene. <laughs> and um, I don't know. So this week was uneventful, I guess. We got yeah. to see the uh, premiere of Game of Thrones. We can talk about that a little but. I was gonna say um, uneventful. Beyonce's lemonade. Yeah, so <laughs> that happened. There was an event, I suppose. Many events happened. Does that satisfy your description of the week? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I was gonna give a a quick little story about my ringtone. You know. Oh. Because. I had been trying out a new ringtone for, uh, well, I got a new phone and I was trying to personalize it. And we, we really wa- like watching Adventure Time with the kids and, uh, you know, they have some funny text tones and the one I picked sounded funny at the time. Kids liked it. Courtney thought it was hilarious every time I got a text. Um, and then I was, you know, at the urinal at work as people do standing next to other guys using the bathroom and then this played so let's get this party started <laughs> i figured it might be a good idea to um switch it back to the something more neutral the bamboo sound that i had before <laughs> um did you get a look what happened did he just pretend it didn't happen yeah i think that was best for everybody <laughs> so story earlier but i couldn't for the life of me remember what the ringtone was like okay. or the text tone I mean, I was i just texted you a little message that yeah. was like and I, hey I this happened i couldn't remember which one like even though i had heard it, it yeah. i just couldn't pull it out of my brain that just makes it so much better <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh last week oh so this week we're going to talk about uh, two two episodes ago, we had our our cliffhanger, uh, where we were gonna. You tried to jump into the Dark Knight three, a little bit because you had caught up, um, but we decided to save it for another time. And it's halfway through. It's halfway through now, and the publishing schedule is getting pushed back by a couple months. And who knows? It's an eight issue run. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be done. So I figured um, maybe halfway would be good. And we're going to talk about the first four issues of that. Uh, so, but last week, anyway, we kind of ran a little long and we didn't get a chance to cover any of the trailers. I don't know if you want to talk about trailers a little bit. Yeah, we can. I should have probably refreshed. You check trailers a lot more often than I do. 
Yeah, I haven't watched them like again since we watched them together, though. I think some of the biggest ones were, first of all, Doctor Strange, which is coming yeah. out later this year. And that looked awesome. Yeah. Um, Obviously, back on the Cumberbatch bandwagon now that I know that he's actually going to be releasing more Sherlock episodes because they're filming. He's going to be really, yes. Yeah, it's, it's all about the Cumberbatch. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Doctor Strange trailer looks pretty good. It's mostly kind of a recap or um, truncated version of his origin, which I'm sure will be more thoroughly explored in the movie. He's not one of those characters that um, his origin is tired and overplayed. Like Spider-Man keeps getting rebooted in the origin. Even Batman with the new Batman v Superman, they had talked about, you don't really need to do the origin again. And they did it in the beginning of the movie. There was an alternate purpose to doing it just so you knew, just so everybody in the audience knew what his mother's name was. But, Right. <laughs> so, although there nobody... were other ways they could have done that, I mean, he goes to the morgue. Anyway, we're not talking about this right, right now. The morgue. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe a cemetery. <laughs> no, their uh, family crypt. <laughs> the morgue. Their family crypt doesn't sound much better. <laughs> yeah, but morgue isn't the correct word. Family crypt is the correct word. Um. Yeah. So, but not a lot of people outside of comics know Doctor Strange's origin. As, you know, this kind of brash surgeon who is in a car crash and damages his hands and goes on a quest to find a way to heal himself. So, meets the Ancient One, all that. But uh, it looks pretty exciting. It does look exciting. And I really like the fact that these smaller characters not smaller but you know less popular characters or well-known characters are getting a chance to have like their time to shine i mean because it's it just gives way for more interesting stories yeah i mean it's not like this is the first one either like guardians of the galaxy nobody knew who they were not nobody but it's just exciting that because of this of the rise in popularity of these mainstream characters that everyone's heard about, we do get more of these movies. Like, and, you know, Guardians was so popular and made a lot of money. It just opens the doors for even more, more stuff. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Jason Bourne was another one that posted, I don't know, at this point, probably two weeks ago, but, um, there was a, a short teaser trailer before this one, but this one, the new one had a little bit more uh, meat to it, a couple minutes long. And obviously Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass have returned to the franchise. And they, I guess they had always said that they weren't going to return unless they had a story to tell. So apparently there's a new story to tell. Is there? For, <laughs> um, so I'm all on board for a Bourne film. They're fun. They're exciting. They get your blood pumping. They're just like... But it's the same structure. But, yeah. And Even though he knows everything, he doesn't understand it. Well, whatever they say in the trailer. Yeah, there's still he remembers things. everything, but he right. doesn't know everything. There it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> you gotta love the Julia Stiles return, though. And apparently <laughs> she is? looks like the main um, female. female protagonist for the for the movie, which is 
Interesting, because she's been in all of them, just not, well, was she in the, um, I think she might have been in the one with Jeremy Renner also, a uh, very small either. part, but maybe not. Regardless, very exciting, newborn movie, totally on Always board. exciting, but <laughs> is it going to be, like, new and unexpected and something completely different than what we've seen before? I'm skeptical. Right. That doesn't mean I don't want to see it. It might be more like, you know, when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and they're talking to each other. He's like, I don't know. I mean, you're like a child. <laughs> you do the art movie and then you do the money movie. You know, I don't That's not exactly what he said, but <laughs> and sometimes you do reindeer games. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Magnificent Seven trailer came out. That looks pretty awesome with Denzel Washington. And uh, yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does look awesome. Same guy that directed The Equalizer and Training Day. I love him. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, not a lot of Westerns coming out. Not Especially not yeah. a lot of big budget. Especially after Lone Ranger kind of fell on its face. What about Django? Did that come before or after? Before or after Lone Ranger? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe around the same time. I don't know. Tough to say. That's the last westerny type thing that I can imagine. Yeah. But that's also Tarantino's kind of his own genre. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is weird because all of his movies are pretty Cuz Hateful Eight's kind of a little bit westerny too if you're going to call Django a western. I guess you could call Hateful Eight. Did you see Django? Yeah. You watched it with Courtney. We're watching it. It's a really long movie. Oh, okay. It's like Almost three hours long. So we've had a couple of viewings it. and we have still about 45 minutes or an hour left, but it's good. Um, uh, and Magnificent Seven looks pretty fun. It does I mean, that, fun. it just looks fun. That's, it looks, um, I'm excited that we get to see Denzel Washington again in like this sort of yeah. badass. You know, that's like all he does now, though. Yeah, but he hasn't done awesome. it in a little while, Since and now equalizer. he's got a team. Yeah. Um, so. girl on a train. Yeah. Girl on the train. The which, girl on the train. Yeah. Uh, you didn't read it yet. No, I've start. I'm like ten percent into the book, according to my Kindle. So I don't know what page that is, but I'm not far enough in to have a good idea of what's going on. Um, but Emily Blunt and. We've professed our undying love, undying love. Yes. For Emily Blunt on the podcast before. Um, but the movie looks really good. It looks uh, intense in a way that the book is also intense. Yeah. I I, I can't wait till you finish the book because I want to know if you figure out the ending, like at the same sort of point that I was like, ah, I got it. And I felt so smart because I don't feel like it was necessarily obvious. (laughs) I mean, if it's anything like the trailer leads you to believe, it's probably not. I'm sure the trailer is misleading. Anyway, it looks exciting. And I wasn't really, uh, I'm not sure what I was expecting from the book, but the what I saw in the trailer is not what I was expecting the book to be. So uh, I will be finishing the book at some point. But I'm excited to see it, though. Yes. And... Emily Blunt's just so versatile that I can't imagine that it's going to be unenjoyable watching her. Right. So. Uh, there's been a couple of new X-Men Apocalypse trailers. And, you know, 
we've talked about the X-Men before on the podcast and the movies, they're never like not good, but I, I just don't get excited for I them get in the same way. I excited about it. Yeah. And, but the trailers have started to look a lot better and uh, I'm excited to see this movie. It's, I'm so excited, especially because I love when they do the, the everything can change now because they went back in time and, right. and now it, which is, I know that that's something that's been done, but like, it, it's a really good way to just start fresh. So I'm very excited. And also I'm just going to mention little, um, teaser that maybe Taylor Swift has a, a cameo as Dazzler, which is super fun and exciting. Um, this information comes from. Sansa Stark, whose name I don't know, except for that she's Sansa Stark. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't know her name either. And also now Jean Grey. Right. She posted an Insta of... um, Is that that like short for Instagram? Yes. (laughs) She's a little hipper than me, I guess. A little. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, she posted a a snapshot of... Her as Jean Grey and Scott Summers in a record store, and he's holding an album with Dazzler on the cover. You can't really see, like, anything except for that it's a woman. Um, It's totally 80s and awesome. And it said something like, um, that time, me and actor's name, who doesn't matter because it's Cyclops. Um, <laughs> I guess it matters to him. But anyway, um, bought our favorite album or like went shopping for our favorite artist or whatever. And, and it said like pre 1989, of course. Okay. Which 1989, <laughs> Taylor Swift, and then some other stuff. And then it's known that Taylor Swift visited the set of X Men Apocalypse and. So exciting! Because who doesn't <laughs> like a little T Swift? Well, that was quite the tangent. I'm right. sorry. All right, we can move <laughs> along then. Well, it was on my list of things to bring up because I was excited about it. I can cross it off. Excellent. Good job. Uh, the only other trailer that came out for like a, a big movie, big blockbuster movie, was Independence Day Resurgence. Came out with that new trailer that had more footage. Um, this is not going to be a, a movie theater movie for us, I don't no. think, but I want to see it. I do want to see it. I remember when the first one came Me out. Me too. It was um, exciting. That was the first summer I moved to Marblehead. That was the summer that I went to see that movie in the theater. After freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was... Um, 96. When. It came out and then one of my friends, her birthday was right then, and so... We went to see it for her birthday with a bunch of kids. So that's great. <laughs> it's a very exciting story. I'm glad that you brought up Independence Day so I could discuss it. Right. Um. So the Flash movie lost its director. I heard that. I Seth saw Graham Smith. Yeah, which would have been his first uh, film directing. He's done some TV, but this would have been his first movie. Oh, he's, he hasn't directed anything? Because no. he wrote, you know. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay. He wrote... Abraham Lincoln. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So they're keeping the script. Right. 
It's interesting. It is and interesting. And there's rumors that Aquaman's going to lose their director, too. Why? What's know. going on? I don't know. <laughs> DC's having some issues, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's happened in Marvel, too. Yes. Um, but not as, I guess, early in their run. And it, I mean, like, the only person I can really point to is Edgar Wright, who was supposed to do Ant-Man. What about um, Fantastic Four? Oh, but that's not Marvel Studios. That's Fox. Oh, okay. Um, and they didn't lose the director. He just did a really poor job. Josh Trank, like he directed it, he finished it. It just, it was kind of a was train it they wreck. They did a, was it a train wreck, or was it because they went in and refilmed things, and then things went in a completely different direction? It was like you watched two different movies. I don't know. We don't have to get into that. There was a lot of stuff that went on with that movie. That's right. Really, not that interesting. Uh, but interesting as interesting to me, as the I movie. Was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, the Flash TV show is kind of. Um, Working its way, culminating to its season finale. Um, Still good. There's probably like three or four episodes left. Kevin Smith's episode is coming up. Not next one, but the one after that. Do you want to speculate a little? Speculate on... On what might happen. Do you think Caitlin will become Killer Frost? I don't. Do you? I don't know. It feels kind of sad that we lost killer frost but what makes you think that she might just because we need to have her and they talked about like what happened you know killer frost caitlin snow and non-killer frost caitlin snow like talked about you know how did this happen to you and she's like one day i woke up and it was really cold (laughs) I (laughs) i mean i know that's not exactly how the conversation went but like there was just a lot of time spent with the two of them interacting with each other, and then we no longer have Killer Frost because, spoiler alert, Zoom kills her. I right. Just, I, mean, I don't know. I, I mean, they're going to set off another particle accelerator explosion. Exactly. <laughs> to get Barry's powers back. So, I guess anything's on the table. And right. But maybe she could... Be good. Maybe right. she could use her powers for good and be the good Killer Frost. Right. That's the a terrible name for a good... <laughs> non-Killer Frost. <laughs> so they're going to do a Punisher TV series. Which Were they I, not going to? Well, I didn't know. Like I hadn't heard that they were going to. And then... Is they, that going to be interesting, you think? I don't know. The Punisher was pretty interesting on Daredevil. Right, but he was a second part... Right. Of a greater story. But and he's his own. I mean, how. I don't know. I think they'll probably. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's going to be a Netflix thing. And it's not going to be. Barenthal. It can't be an origin story because we've already got that. Right. It's. Uh, they released like a teaser trailer, but really it's just a flickering light on the Punisher symbol. And, you know, it's got the voiceover for the one batch, two batch thing that he says in Daredevil. But. Uh, I don't know when Penny it's supposed to come out. Oh, sorry, I couldn't yeah. remember and just had to finish it. Just had to. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Lots of comic books came out this week that um, that I, I thought were pretty good. I, you haven't read any of them. Okay. But uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo ended their run on Batman with Batman number 51, mm-hmm. which was fine. 
which is the way I feel about, you know, how their run has been. I'm excited for a new creative team to take over, but I'm also excited for Scott Snyder to move over to All-Star Batman as a new series where Sean Murphy and uh, John Romita Jr. are going to be doing the art. That sounds awesome. And I think maybe they're going to rotate in other people as well, but yeah, I think... And Scott um, Snyder's worked a lot with Sean Murphy before, too, so... Yeah. Uh, the new Doctor Strange came out, number seven, kicks off their new arc. Uh, it was still very good. I'm caught up on that. No, the the new one. Just right. Came, you, I mean, you read the number I'm saying, seven? No, I'm saying I'm caught up on that. Now I can, I can like, just oh, yeah. go and read that yeah. and not have to do any catch-up. It was... Uh, it had the background for the Lord Imperator, and it kind of brings to the forefront this theme of magic versus science in that world. Yeah, that's exciting. It, it was really good. And it sets up it sets up the new arc and what the magic side's going to be doing and um I guess to a lesser extent what the science, you know, nobody really cares what the science side is doing. <laughs> they just know that the magic side needs to uh, gather their forces. And, uh, but it was good. And also the new Daredevil arc kicked off with Elektra. I don't know if you want to start reading that. It was pretty good. I like the way that Charles Sewell wrote Elektra. And it, it set up a good kind of mystery while playing off of the Mark Wade run, the way that ended with somehow everybody forgetting that Matt Murdock was Daredevil. Um, but yeah, that's convenient. It was a, yeah, I I didn't finish that, that run, so I'm not sure what exactly happened, but they play with it in a way in this new issue that is, is good. But I feel like, uh, to keep talking about comic books that you haven't read might be folly, but Saga (laughs) did end the uh, current run and they're on a, going to take a couple months of months off. Did we get that last issue? Yeah. Digitally. I thought I was caught up. I told you there was another one. I knew, but I didn't think that we had it yet. So in our little microcosm, I'm caught up. But now I'm not caught up. Right. And I'm not sure that I like what's going to happen. I think you'll be okay with it. Okay. To ease your nerves. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling anxious about it right now. (laughs) Just thinking about what... It's good. It's all good. Um, <sighs> that book just it's a roller coaster of feels so good it's just <laughs> it is very good continuously and, and consistently amazing i really like that they just take that time. i mean i know it's been said uh, a million different places but i like that they take the time off to just keep that creative team on the same book um you know there's never an alternate artist on an issue of saga it just would it would be different, you know. And it, yeah, and it, it just wouldn't yeah. be the same creation. It's Although, uh, just as a side, because we did talk about this when we talked about Brian K. Vaughn's website. Um, what's it called? The uh, Panel Syndicate. Mm-hmm. The the Walking Dead story that they got permission to write is out on their website, so we should get right, that. We should get that. And, uh, and read that. But. So, Saga, they do their... Um, cosplay right. contests, oh. and the result, like the um, 
the results of that contest are in this album. I mean, not album, um, issue. Which so, one? The one that, the one that we, that I haven't read yet. Right. Yeah. I looked at so it. So I'm excited about that. And it got me thinking we should do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can be Prince robot and I'll be friendo. I don't think I want to carry a TV on my head. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing about me being friendo. <laughs> Is, is that the like the walrus thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm more concerned about me than the TV <laughs> on my head. Uh, we watched Macbeth. Yes, I have that yeah. written here too with uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, it was. Um, boy, whoever wrote that, big things in their future. <laughs> the- <laughs> okay, so the story itself, so good. Did you feel like, and I feel like this is a weird thing to say about this particular story and movie, maybe overly dramatic? Do you think it was overly dramatic? I mean, like, it's already a, it's already dramatic. It's just so much. I don't know. I don't know. Overly dramatic. I think it was the cinematography. And so, I mean, it was a really, you know, beautifully shot movie. Right, but I'm not sure um, if it added to the story or just. Was... Well, I think that's the problem with any Shakespeare movie. Like, it's a play. Like, the way it's written is supposed to be, you know, performed on a stage. And, and there's live. definitely yeah. a difference between performing on a stage and performing in a movie. And I know that there are adaptations that work. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, like, it's. Shakespeare not... movies are never. That Perfect. Great. Yeah. And this was, I thought for, especially for Macbeth, you know, some of the lighter, the lighter Shakespeare stuff is, is good as a movie. Um, but like Macbeth and it's so heavy. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought it was good. It was, I didn't think anyone did a terrible job in their roles. Right. I didn't think it just felt weird. Yeah. Right. It just, I didn't come away f- from it thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is the, quintessential Macbeth film adaptation that we've been waiting for. However, I've never, (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen the one that Patrick Stewart's been in or anything like that. So, you know, it's just. Also haven't really been waiting for the quintessential (laughs) Macbeth. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) One of us hasn't been waiting for it. Uh, I don't know the, the ringer, you know, Bill Simmons new venture mm-hmm. it's tied to HBO, but I feel like just based on some of the stuff he said, it's his own company. Right. Um, but he's got a premiere for his, uh, show in June, the one they've been working towards. He's going to have a show on Wednesday called any given Wednesday, I think. Um, but their podcast network is, uh, growing, you know, obviously yes. it took them a while to get things running and, you know, slowly, basically hiring all the people here at Grandland. Not all of them, but a, a good a good number. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're most of them are on Channel Thirty Three, and now they're slowly starting to get their own fee- feeds. Are they getting their own feeds? Because one thing that I like about the Channel Thirty Three podcast is that it's all in one place. I only have to subscribe to one thing. But then also, a lot of the stuff that I'm not interested in listening to is just popping up all the time. And so it's, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a new 
NBA podcast. There's the NFL podcast. Oh, so all the I mean, ones that I don't need. Right, so maybe they will stop popping up in the Channel 33, or maybe they're all going to eventually have their own. I, I don't know. Right. But I do, Bill Simmons' podcast is uh, has been really good the last couple of weeks because he had Louis C.K. and mm-hmm. Key and Peel, which uh, Keanu came out this weekend. And oh. unfortunately, we're probably not going to see that until it comes out on video. Right. But it's very exciting for the future. Right, those um, kittens are adorable. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, those are most of the, most of the podcasts I listen to now are on the ringer. I still subscribe to all the other ones, but there's so many right. that come out and uh, yeah. most of them are worth listening to, you know, for me, cause you know, it's sports and pop culture and now also politics and other stuff, but I don't know. Right. It's sort of all encompassing. Why do we even need NPR? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but speaking of HBO and The Ringer and Channel 33, After the Thrones also debuted this week. Yes. It was... I liked listening to it as a podcast. I better. loved listening to it as a podcast. What was it called? It wasn't called Watch After the, the Thrones. Watch the Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still like hearing them talk about it. They really just need to work on their presentation, I think. And getting some comfort in front of a camera the way that they're in a studio. Yeah. It was, it was uncomfortable to watch because they felt uncomfortable on screen. Yeah. I mean, all the things that they had to say were great. I just felt like that the levity and, um, camaraderie over that stuff was a little bit lacking. Um, once they had, uh, Jason Concepcion and, um, Mallory Rubin. Mallory Rubin on, they seemed a lot more comfortable Yeah. in that setting. I, I don't know if they do television spots more often or if they're just, um, that lightened it a little bit, but they're not going to be a regular staple for that show. So, right. You know, no, um, but I are. feel like. No, I know they're going to have them on as much as possible, but they're not going to always be able to film with them, huh. as far as I know. You don't think so? I, I, I thought mean, that... I thought that that was what I thought was in, was stated, but maybe I um, misunderstood them saying we'll have them on as much as possible. Yeah, I, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Those, those were the Game of Thrones experts that they always had on the podcast. So I right, just but it's easier to like radio in than it is to be on right on site for um filming so did you want to talk about the first episode of game of Thrones? we're waiting i mean basically as soon as we're done recording we're gonna go watch the second episode right so the first episode did you have um anything on that i really liked uh i I liked it you know it's i'm finding the the most interesting parts of it um, or at least of the first episode were about the Starks. Um, right. You know, I, I don't know if it was on the game, uh, on the after the Thrones or on a different podcast that I'd listened to, but you know, they had said one of the ways to view the, the game of Thrones story arc is as the fall of the Stark house and kind of how they rebuild their, their place in, in the world. And I, I mean, ultimately, obviously, 
Song of Fire and Ice. It's about something greater than the Stark family. But uh, the first episode, I the the parts that really moved me the most were, well, first of all, I guess Jon Snow kind of counts because it's his story, but he's still lying there dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> For now. But yeah, For now. Davos and, you know, his buddies of the Night's Watch and uh, everything that's going on there was was still you know, the most interesting. And it, it seems like it is going to play out over at least a couple episodes, maybe even more than that. I hope it, I hope it <laughs> tonight is the night for me. If uh, we don't get Jon Snow back tonight, I'm going to be like, it. that's roll. roll. Like I'm going to be real sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, be. The Sansa one, the Sansa story arc was, was pretty Very good. excited about yeah. Sansa. Uh, yeah. You know, escape with Theon and, I, I like when he's they, when willing they, to sacrifice himself, and then guess what? Right when they got in trouble, I was like, you know what's happening, right? And you were like, no, what? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you tried to spoil it for me. You ruin our. <laughs> I'm just kidding because I still didn't know. Um, I mean, I figured yeah, so, it out like milliseconds before she showed up, but yeah. there was very little Arya in this very episode. little but enough that i was excited about where it's gonna go she's right. basically starting she's like the new daredevil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no brand yet no brand yet which was unexpected i guess i don't know i thought they were gonna like shove him back in and at least a little part of the first episode mm-hmm. um daenerys has got her um troubles mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know i don't want to get too deep into the episode but yeah i, I like mean, the just stark like stuff all sorts of stuff is yeah. changing like just stuff is mixing up and yeah. you know something's going on everywhere that is in in completely different parts of this world that are going to yeah. make this i think a really exciting season i mean they all are but you know yeah. it's gonna be fun so, uh, do you want to talk about Dark Knight Three then, the yeah. Master Race? Mm-hmm. You don't wait. You don't want to talk about Queen Bee. Queen Bee. Oh, I mean, if you have stuff to say about it, sure. <laughs> I want to listen to it again, and I don't know how. Do I have to buy it? Do I actually have to buy music at this point to listen to it? Because I don't want to. I don't know. I, I want to um, be able to stream it. Yeah, it's. Interesting, because there's very few things, I guess, that you can't stream nowadays. But one of them is Prince. Uh, you know what? I thought there was a bunch of Prince on Amazon. Is there? I don't know. Maybe there I was isn't. Listening and I was just imagining something else. You know, Prince is at the top of all these charts after he passed because you couldn't stream any of the stuff. You needed to buy it. Um, I watched his Super Bowl halftime show this morning. It was good. I've uh, heard it was like the best of all time. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't have, like, an encyclopedic knowledge of Super Bowl halftime shows, but it was very good. And, you know, maybe I wish that I had more of a connection to his music, because it was. Well, I um, think this is a good opportunity to us for us to develop a connection to his yes, music. if we don't have to buy it. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. But also with Beyonce. Like, a lot of her other albums are on, but this is a visual album. Can I only get it visually? Like, what if I want to listen to so. it in the I car? I don't think so. I think it's going to be available audio. I thought it was coming to Amazon. I haven't checked I for it. I thought I saw it on Amazon, too. I thought it was available on Amazon, iTunes, and Tidal. Right. Um, 
So I we can know. check after we're done recording. I checked on Amazon and it didn't pop up, but that oh, was like several well, days ago, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it just took a little while. Anyway, clearly she's a business and musical genius. Whether or not I like all of her stuff, whether, I mean, which I usually do, eventually, even if I didn't at first, it always works its way into my brain yeah. where all of it becomes like great. But, um, I'm not like a huge lover of Beyonce, but at the same time, I love Beyonce. Does that make sense? <laughs> so I just really need to be able to digest this album a little bit more than the one viewing that we had. I'm glad that we watched it. I feel like that was really timely of us to happen to turn on. Right. Cause it was on HBO. Right. The one for one day. Right. And we just happen to, cause we don't watch HBO every day. It just right. happened to be there when we put it on, but perfect. Yeah. It was great. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> so on to important things like Batman. Correct. Uh, old Batman. <laughs> yes. Very old Batman. Very, so, very old and barely mobile Batman. Yeah. Which is probably my favorite thing about this whole book. Right. So is that he's such a trooper. I mean, the first, the first issue reestablishes the dark Knight world. The one Frank Miller created in dark Knight returns and to a lesser degree, I guess dark Knight strikes again, uh, which, you know, which I haven't read. We've talked about told not to read. No, I mean, you should read it. It's just, it's a tough, it's, it's an ugly book, you know, um, and the story is, is kind of strange, but it does give more context for a lot more context for going to read Dark Knight 3 if you've read both of the, you know, mm -hmm. stories leading up to it. But yeah, the first issue is three years after, I guess, the Dark Knight strikes again and uh, just kind of sets up all the characters, you know, Gindel's still commissioner. There's the Wonder Woman piece. There's Lara and Superman. Uh, Lara, Superman's daughter, who plays a much larger role in, in this book. She was introduced in Dark Knight Strikes Again. As far as I know, she's just a, a Frank Miller thing. Like, I've never seen right. her in any other books besides this. Um, but Candor also plays a big part in Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh, really? And again. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but so for in in the first story, it was Lex Luthor and Brainiac kind of uh, lording. They had they were in possession of Candor and they were lording it over Superman and making him do things. You know, this time kind of turns out a little differently, but um, yeah. <laughs> okay, understatement. Right. <laughs> um, so we don't even see we don't even see Batman in the first issue. Like, he's not in it at all. Uh, there's a little misdirection, I guess, where there's somebody dressed as Batman. Turns out it's, you know, Carrie Kelly. And um, she's there basically screaming that Bruce Wayne is dead. All this. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, do you want to do this issue by issue? I'd rather maybe no, look at it on a big I was just saying. I was just going to say, you know, uh, Bruce finally shows up at the end of issue two. I mean, there's a little flashback story that's false in the beginning of that issue. Mm -hmm. But, uh, 
I don't know. How did you want to go about talking about it? Because okay. I've read it. I, I read it again before we recorded. I really like I liked it better on the second read um, as a whole than issue by issue. Like the first, you know, I read it month to month or however long it took for each issue to come out. Right. Um, um, okay. So while I'm very interested to see how it all plays out and I want to know what happens, I'm not sure if enjoying this story is how I would describe it. You know, like I'm not sure that I, like it but i guess like the stuff with lara i know that superman's been gone but like she has teen angst but it just seems underdeveloped to me to to know why she has such a huge turn on her father right like it doesn't make sense to me it just well it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I don't understand it because I don't have enough information about her. So I guess it, um, it didn't develop enough for me to understand why she would be so well, I definitely, easily swayed. Yeah. I definitely thought it was, um, if they were looking for some kind of, for the reader to have some kind of emotional conflict as Lara, um, kind of turns on her father, I definitely didn't think that was earned. Right. Um, just, that's a huge part of the story. Right. I mean, Dark Knight Strikes Again, there's um, more about how it's not that Superman, you know, in this in this series, he's just frozen in ice. He's kind of given up on the world right. based on the events from the last story. But in the last story, you find out that... But he couldn't have been gone that long because he has this little baby kid hanging around on Wonder Woman's back. Right. So that's... Okay, the three years between the two stories... Um, kind of uh, a strange thing because I'm pretty sure he was conceived in The Dark Knight Strikes Maybe Again. he's three and she's just wrapped him up and carrying him <laughs> right. on her back. I mean, she's large. Just so. super protective. Uh, but, you know, Superman hasn't been in Lara's super- life at yeah. all, even when she was growing up because he was staying away from her to protect her from Lex Luthor and Brainiac. Because if they knew she existed... Okay, well... Yeah, I mean... It's still not... Because there's not, like, issues upon issues of of history where they have some kind of relationship, to see them kind of going at it, sort of, um, it's it's not really all that effective, I guess. You know, you're right. I felt the same thing. Ultimately, I, I just wish that I had more to understand her thought process and suffering there because i mean that basically her story role is well i think it's pretty clear though like she just doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere and now these people have shown her people have shown up um you know candor and so she's easily seduced into this cult yeah i mean i i mean i see it but i don't feel it you know yeah so yeah, I, I mean, I do there want to is a see how Batman there. solves it. That is what keeps me interested. Right. So, the absence of Batman in the Dark Knight is is interesting um, because it's definitely he's still the central character, but it's, it's the book seems more about 
how the world uh, relates to him instead of him. Yeah. Sort of. When you finally do see him in what issue four is like the first time you actually see him dressed in the bat suit. Yeah. And even that is brief. Um, but he is, you, you know, getting ready for whatever. Something. Right. I think it might have been better for me to take this whole as a whole, you know, the story just waiting for all of it. Right. And that way I could just keep on going. I mean, obviously the Adam is going to have a major role in. Right. Well, he in, better fixes his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I mean, um, one of the things I, I really do like about the dark Knight series, um, you know, especially in this book is the relationship between Bruce Wayne and, and Carrie Kelly as Robin. I was wondering how you felt about it. I need to probably go back and read Dark Knight Returns. It's been several years since I read it. Um, I love the... You can tell she has immense respect for Batman. I mean, she calls him boss. It's And it really is... I mean, there's that one scene or series of panels where it's... You know, yeah, it's it's you and me against the world, boss. You know, um, that says something a lot about their relationship that's really meaningful. That they they have to they work together, and they have to work together in order to be effective and a team. You know, um, Batman's great. Batman's wonderful. Obviously, the leader of of the two of them, but they do need each other. Right. And he, I think he reciprocates the respect also. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just, as far as a Batman and Robin relationship, I really do like that one. You know, he has, obviously there have been tons of Robins written about. Damien is, is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Which and, I've never read any of, by the way. Oh yeah. 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 It's, um. Except for the very small bit in Gotham Academy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hardly counts for anything, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I, we kind of got off track of like what the whole, um, series is about. There's the conflict with, with Lara, but it ultimately stems from, uh, Kandor is this city of shrunken Kryptonians that are, uh, you know, the atom makes, makes them, them bigger. All regular again. And you think he'd be smart enough to know better. <laughs> there's a lot in these issues that's really well done and powerful and it makes me you know able to look past some of the stuff that i'm kind of like eh, about you know when he when he you know expands the mall out of candor that's a pretty um dramatic panel mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know uh, and he finds out that he's made a mistake and that this cult has basically killed everybody else in candor um yeah that is dramatic <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I was reading a review about, you know, the, the books that, that said, you know, maybe a little, a little bit more nuance would be good, um, as far as the series goes, but cause, cause right now it's just like, there's good and there's bad. Um, I think the nuance maybe comes in more in, into how, um, the other characters react to the situation though. 
you know, the way Superman deals with it, the way Wonder Woman sees it, the way Batman <laughs> and there's that scene where Wonder Woman uh says she doesn't agree with the way anybody's handling it, but especially <laughs> least of all basically Batman and his stubbornness and mm-hmm. he's trying to contact her and she just crushes her phone. Um Right and I mean she's sort of, you know, this is what the general population wants and needs, and who am I to say that I know better than what the masses know? I mean, that is an interesting yeah. take. So, What did you think of the art? I, I really liked. There are parts that I like and parts that I'm just like, meh. I don't, I don't feel like I'm overly struck by a lot of it. It's very familiar. It feels familiar. I like... Um because Andy Kubert's the artist and mm-hmm. Klaus Janssen. I like the, the sketches at the back of this last book. Right. Before all the color and the ink went in. Those I enjoyed a lot more, I think, than as I was reading it. Yeah. I I just, I really like it, I think. It seems like a more refined version of Frank Miller's vision for that world. Yeah, I guess that's you know, a really good way to... The Dark Knight Returns was was cool, but a little messy. Dark Knight Strikes Again was crazy, ugly, um, just out of control. And I feel like Andy Kubert really does a good job capturing that world, but also making it more visually appealing. So, I don't know. I, I guess that's all I have to say about it for now. We'll probably hit it up again when we... Uh, when the next four issues are done. Right. But who knows when, maybe next year. Right. Uh, so that'll probably wrap up this episode. We can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Our website is geekchew.com where you can download episodes or contact us. And or you can both also, of those things. right. You can also subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast app. And, uh, I don't know. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. Let's go watch Game of Thrones.